0: This is Meaning of Minds podcast with Jerry Boyer. My guest is Justin Danhoff. Uh, Justin was for 12 years with the National Center for Public Policy Research, where he focused on and headed up the Free Enterprise Project, uh, which, as far as I know, is the only organized conservative attempt to stand up to the ideological capture of American public corporations by it's had many names, socially responsible investing, ESG, Now, the rest of us kind of call it woke, but whatever it is, a corporate social responsibility, ideologies always have to keep changing their names to distance themselves from their past failures. Um, But now he's doing it in the for-profit sector with Strive Asset Management, where he works for Vivek Ramaswamy, who is the founder. Justin, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jerry. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay. So what got you started in this? Why did you jump into... This conservatives were essentially asleep at the wheel when it comes to corporations. I think we just assumed corporations are good. They're fine. They don't need anything. We focused on politics. That could not have been more wrong. How did you know that 12 years before, before almost everybody else did?
1: Well, you know, at the National Center, it, it was founded with a really unique mission. Um, and the mission was to be a voice wherever we thought the right was the quietest right? And so I, I loved that mission. And we just took a look at the corporate landscape 12 years ago. And we saw, you know, corporations, in some instances, sprinting, in some instances, being dragged, but in all instances, moving to the policy and the political left on an array of issues. And you're right, it's flown under so many different banners under the years, because they have to keep changing the banner once, you know, the truth of uh, of what lies underneath it comes out. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we just started seeing That there was actors involved at numerous levels of engagement um, on affinity issues, um, on, you know, union type issues and organizations that ran the spectrum that were involved in something called shareholder engagement. Hmm. And every year there's, you know, there was 70, 80, 90, 100 groups from, you know, the policy and the political left that were using their voice, their vote and their money to influence and Change corporate behavior, and twelve years ago, we looked out and we saw zero, absolutely zero right-of-center groups doing it. Hmm. So we just said, "Heck, let's give it a shot." We had no idea what a shareholder resolution really even was. (laughs) Now you know.
0: How many of them have you ever counted? How many you've done?
1: Uh, The last check, it was over two (laughs) hundred and fifty.
0: That's a lot, Um, but but even that is probably a twentieth or maybe even a a 50th of the proposals that have been out there.
1: Um, Oh yeah. Just this year, you know, left-wing ESG supporting groups filed over 500 just this year. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. If
0: we put up a pie chart over the last 12 years, you probably wouldn't see much of my slipper. It's, it's crazy because I'm going through it now, right? Because I vote these and every proxy, has two or three of these and it's getting to the point where even management is like no thank you um you know we don't need to change we don't need to make french our official language or <laughs> divest from this particular thing because this particular tribe doesn't like it or i mean they're it's starting to get like every little interest group every little flowing <laughs> robe kind of crazy is coming in and putting proposals on the ballot where, I mean, to some degree, I think we've started to think of manage, we start. We thought of management as the enemy. And I think maybe that is not sufficiently new, new, nuanced because even the left of center managers are a little sick of it as far as I can tell and are opposing some of these things. You agree?
1: So I think what we're seeing specifically this shareholder season is something a little different. And, you know, I, I I've coined you with this, but if I, if I coined you, you know, wrong, um, you can correct me, but you've said in the past, and I think it's brilliant that ESG could be considered a luxury good mm, Yes, that, you know, when everybody's getting fat and everybody's, you know, in a 15 year bull market, you can afford to spend time on silly externalities, right. That aren't courts and central to your mission, mm. but as inflation is going just absolutely insane, just like families have to take a look at their budget when you know gas it's like 85 bucks to fill up your tank and you go to the grocery store and you have sticker shock when you, when you get to the register businesses have to make you know value judgments too when it comes to how they're going to allocate their finances so let's take a look at Netflix which you know shockingly recently came out with a with a statement to their you know put out to all their employees saying hey we're just going to focus on creating excellent content and not everyone's going to agree with that content. And guess what? If you work on something you don't agree with and you have a problem with it, you can quit. Yes. We thought that was an incredible message at Strive because, you know, we're focusing on excellence capitalism, you know, by design. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, if they're taking a look and they're seeing their subscriber base drop, which for they the did first time, for yes. the first time ever. Yes. Um, maybe. Like, we shouldn't pay Robin DiAngelo $300,000 next quarter to fly in and tell all of our white employees they're oppressor and all of our black employees they're oppressed and run some intersectionality chart. Maybe that's not a good use of our money right. and our talent and our time. We should focus back on our mission. And I think Netflix, maybe their first mission was to crush uh, Blockbuster. Good job they did that. <laughs> but, but their true mission was probably always to create the best content. Yes. And, and I think. It, you know, this was a sign that they're pushing off the externalities of ESG and focusing back on their core, and we welcome that at Strive. That that that's what we think businesses should be
0: doing. This is a great moment to be in the business of reining these corporations in because they got so far out over their skis that, or switching analogies, you know, mid-course, a bubble, uh, a kind of ideological bubble, which was just waiting to be popped. Um, and so, and again, CEOs tend to be pretty big ego people. They don't like to be pushed around even by people who they agree with. So I'm seeing over and over again, management recommends a no vote on such and such, um, on some kind of left of center proposal. Whereas in the past they might not have, they may have stayed out of it. And like you said, when times are tough economically, the, the ideological stuff is ballast that gets thrown overboard to try to keep Netflix from crashing or, or any company.
1: Well, that's right. And so, you know, there's there's two parts of the activist problem that needs solving, though, and management's paying good attention to these, you know, small time activists. I think if like PETA this year had a resolution tar- targeting Levi's um, because of the small leather patch on the back of the jeans, yes. I mean, that's yeah, like management now is like, just go away, PETA. But, you know, even even if, you know, management at Levi's is, you know, politically far to the left, which they are. Um, And they probably donate to PETA, but again, they're not listening to them right now. But the other problem is the fiduciary problem that we're trying to solve for at Strive. And that is we've got, you know, they can maybe, you know, push down the little, you know, dog nipping at their ankles, but they've got a huge three-headed, like Hydra coming at them from the other direction. And that's the big three, you know, large passive asset managers. We've got, you know, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. That are you know the first, second, or third largest shareholder in like almost every company in the S and P 500, right? Right. And so when they're telling a company um, what to do on an ESG type issue, that's a different level of influence, and it's you know it's right. their voice and their vote that they're using, in our opinion, to politicize business. Yes. And that again is a distraction from mission. It's a distraction from the number one stakeholder in our opinion, which is the customer. And it's celebrated in the media. Um, you know, ESG, you, you know, is is glorified in, in a lot of business press. Um, but again, we think that there's a fiduciary problem here because everyday Americans, the you know, the nurses, the firefighters, the teachers that have their money in pension funds. Mm their managers should be looking out for their interests a lot more and we think a lot of conversations need to start happening between those folks right. because BlackRock is then taking that money and voting in ways that again the actual client disagrees with the everyday american disagrees with when they know about it and so we 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 like to say we're solving a fiduciary problem and an antitrust potential problem if you if you think of it this way and you know Arizona's attorney general has has called you know, all of this ESG investing, potentially, you know, the biggest antitrust violation in American history. Yeah. But, you know, this concrete example uh, that the, I'll, I'll give... Because it of functions
0: air- as a cartel, basically. Yes. Right?
1: yes. Yeah, there's ideological... Yeah, it, there, there's there's no ideological diversity when it comes to, you know, the, the way that the, the vote is occurring and, and, and the way they're using their money and their, their voice. Right. Not their money. Not the their client. money. That's the point, right? Other, other people's other money. Other people's money, right. And so uh, if... The heads of Exxon and Chevron and Conoco and all of the others got in a room together and said, hey, guys, let's keep all the you know, oil and natural gas in the ground so we, the prices will jack up. This would be the stuff of Hollywood movies, you know, Senate hearings, arrests, perp walks of CEOs. Right. But yet when the biggest shareholders in these companies, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard, which, by the way, they're the biggest shareholders in all of those companies... Yes, when they tell them to do the same thing, that's celebrated as ESG, right? And so we think that there's a big opportunity here to come in and help depoliticize the, the capital markets with a message that tells companies stay on your mission. Exxon, your mission is to be the best oil and natural gas company in the world. So get back on your mission and and and, and you know be be customer centric, but you know mission focused again we talked about netflix you know their mission is not to you know be a political actor their mission is to create the best content and they're moving back towards that right and so that and one reason we want to depoliticize corporate america is we don't think there should be a red soda and a blue soda red jeans and blue jeans this country fights well maybe blue jeans well, there you go. <laughs> but you got you got me there, Jerry. <laughs> so, but but yeah, but but folks get the point that we're fighting everywhere, all the time, constantly as a body politic. We're a fractured society. Yes, we just think that Americans should be able to engage in commerce without the same fight. We, you know, we, 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 you know, we're, again, we're so fractured. We're, we're you know, it, it's so hyperpartisan on every single issue. Right. That we just think that there's this appetite to find a common area as a society. And again, what we've got in the big three are essentially monarchs. Mm-hmm. They're
0: monarchs on American soil. We, we it's a triumvirate, American...
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Rome was
0: governed by a triumvirate. Yes.
1: Yeah. So we're, you know we fought the British to get rid of them on our ends, right? <laughs> <laughs> only to bring them back, you know, 200 plus years later right. in, in the, in the form of the CEOs of BlackRock, state street and Vanguard. And so, you know, I, I think Charlie, Charlie Munger, you know, the, the, the lifelong number two uh, at Berkshire Hathaway said it best, like, Hey, I like Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, but I don't want him to be my emperor. Yes. I thought that was a, a, a great way to say it. And,
0: and, and I Charlie, think, I think Sam Zell said, I don't want him to be my God. You know who, yeah. who died and made Larry think God, or he said something to that effect. I mean, it's it's beyond the level of competence. I'm sorry, I interrupted you.
1: No, no, no. So that's just it. We just think that there's a there's a big appetite for this space. You know, if we were on a college campus, we would call it the safe space. Mm-hmm. But like where where people can come, engage in commerce, and just get business. You know, back to neutral and depoliticized. Because again, if you're going to be politicized like like Disney did in Florida with the ridiculous you know bill that was falsely monikered as don't say gay right um well guess what you're going to have to be involved in the next political fight and the next political fight and yes. the next political fight and that's time consuming it's demeaning to your customers that don't agree with you it's demeaning to your employees that don't agree with you right. and it's again it's driving you away from from you know your 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 oriented mission as as a corporation and yeah disney's was not to be like a florida political actor i don't think that there's ever right they're not
0: they're not a flo- they're not they were they a um, room, they're not, a, they, they a, a, pa- they're not a, a pack they're not a think tank they're right. not an advocacy group you know around here on this podcast we talk a lot about the thought of rené girard the anthropologist who talks about mimetic rivalry specifically in politics where two sides are up against one another and that that becomes almost addictive and it runs out of control and everybody has to choose up sides, which he rightly points out is a very destructive thing to happen in society. So in the past, at least in the past, Business was not part of that. It wasn't, you didn't like Solomon, you know, we're going to cut the baby in half. We didn't cut that baby in half. And I I think it would be very detrimental to American prosperity if we tried to cut the business baby in half, as opposed to just let capitalism is so good at delivering goods and services. We don't, we, politics does not have to cannibalize everything. We can have zones or should have zones that are outside of politics. And it sounds to me like that's what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And look, I don't think, that if you ask the question this way to everyday Americans, the answer would be yes. Like, do you want Coca-Cola to be the moral arbiter of truth for you? Like, do you want Delta Airlines to set your moral compass? If you ask Americans the question in that way, I think the answer would quite clearly be no. Right. Um, but, you know, that that's not part of the problem is there hasn't been enough engagement with businesses that they know that, that they hear that. What they hear from, you know, the Larry Finks of the world and from, you know, the CNBC talking heads is, oh, you can't be neutral. You have to pick a side. Hmm. But, you know, in the last 10 years, Jerry, um, when have they picked anything other than one side? Right. Right. And so, again, we think, we think that there's a lot of companies that, as you, as you say, management is getting sick of this. We think they want an off-ramp. Yes. And if there's another way,
0: they'll take that off ramp. I think so too. I mean, if there's you, a few. There's a few who are ideologically captured. I get that. This is the meaning of their life. But most of them are – I don't think Bob Chapik wanted – I mean, I think he really wanted to run a media company. Maybe he didn't have the guts to stand up to the pressure group. But, you know, as a conservative, I think I have to say us not showing up was a big part of the problem. I'm not ready to blame them yet until we show up and give them a, a, a choice and have them reject it. Th- then they, then I'll completely blame them. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> if someone wants to know more about Strive Asset Management, the firm that um, you, you've just joined, um, which is dealing with this issue, how would they do that?
1: Yeah, come to strivefunds.com. Uh, we're hearing from everyday Americans uh, constantly now that are clamoring for this and
0: Um, come join us in the cause. Wonderful. Justin Danhoff, Godspeed to you and the new effort and thank you for being with us again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating on Apple Podcasts and improve our national conversation by sharing it with some friends.